0: This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale.
1: Well, hello there, Pilgrim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, restart. No, I'm just it's time to
1: get off your horse and come into the corral, because <laughs> this show's going to be okay.
2: He had it at the beginning. At the beginning, that was a John Wayne impersonation. It was pretty good, and then I lost it. And then after we left, you kind of lost confidence. I, yeah, I did lose confidence. We're sorry, We're sorry wow. for what we did. The problem, nope, the problem is Pilgrim. Yeah, that's
1: good. That's good right there. It turns into Al Gore if I'm not careful. <laughs> no, John Wayne. <laughs> no, that is like that is a complete 180 from John Wayne to Al Gore. It is pretty much. Hey, everyone, welcome
2: to Bacon Cell. I'm Kent. I'm Joel and Jacob. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Bacon Cell. Bacon Cell. It's a it's the best pop culture podcast for breakfast. Hey, I like that. Thank you. It's not from me. It's from Terry. Oh,
1: okay. Who cool. Who reviewed
2: us on iTunes and gave us a rating. So if you haven't done that yet, please go over to iTunes and rate us and review us. In fact, I'm going to read. I'm going to read, if I may, Terry's review here. In the words of, the, of Tony the Tiger, they're great. Uh-huh. And they are just like kicks. Kid tested, mother approved. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Uh, as far as which cereal is better, just let Kent and Jill fight, fight over it. And then Jacob will decide the winner. However, he usually picks Kent, but I don't know why. Everyone should definitely listen to this podcast.
1: Hey. yeah.
0: Wait, Have, she doesn't know why everyone should listen to the podcast? She no, doesn't, she doesn't know, know why you always, you always pick, pick me. me. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Well, that's pretty obvious, Terry.
1: Yeah, it is. We know. Yeah. Hey, we haven't done a serial show, have we? We should do a serial show.
0: Yeah, serial not like, killers. Not like. What? <laughs> I was thinking Serial the Podcast. Uh, I think Jake think was thinking Serial Domer's Killers. Dahmer's a tier one serial killer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I take it back.
1: Casey, I, I didn't want to even go any further.
2: Oh, no, don't. He's just in the news recently. <laughs> was he really? Oh, he, uh, they, never mind. We'll talk no, about it no, afterwards. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not making sale content. Uh, Maybe for Halloween.
1: Uh, we we would like to Halloween. thank everyone for your feedback. We had some great feedback on Cable IMAX Erased the Revenge,
0: which was nice for me to see because it, the show finally worked a second it was, time. We aired it on a non-holiday. It's a good subtitle, too, since you guys are getting revenge on each other the whole Time. Yeah,
2: next time we do Cable IMAX erase, we'll try to not make it just Kent versus Joel and no, pick on we'll, each other. Yeah, we'll switch. In it up. fact, if you guys have ideas of uh, Cable IMAX erase movies, and you know, pick a theme, go with it. Kind of like that must love dogs, Reservoir Dogs, and. All dogs go go to heaven, heaven, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Something random. But send us your suggestions for Cable IMAX Race. You may do one in the future.
1: Also, one one more note of business. Please send us your show ideas. We have had like three or four great show ideas in the past two days. Genuinely
0: good ideas, too. Like I'm looking on Twitter and I'm like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. I like that. Yeah.
1: And we do have an official
2: list uh, that we keep and put ideas down there. And we always... I always look at it.
1: Shit. Joel <laughs> always checks it. We've, we've
0: done several it. listener ideas. So. We have and we're, we mm-hmm. we plan on doing more. Mm-hmm. The winter was a listener idea, right? Yep, the winter show. Yeah, I maybe mean, we shouldn't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're talking about what Jacob? We're talking about my childhood. Have
1: you seen my childhood?
0: <laughs> no, we're talking Do about you westerns. Build a snowman? <laughs> I only say that because earlier Joel said, "Have you seen a lot of westerns?" And then Ken said, "He basically grew up in a western." So,
2: Little House on the Prairie.
0: Yeah, there is pretty much Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, So yeah. We're going to talk about western movies
2: now. Lest you think Kent and I are western enthusiasts who are currently wearing our cowboy hats uh, and you spurs are and belt right. buckles. Yeah, you're right. I'm wearing chaps right now.
0: <laughs> is that what you call? You're those? wearing
2: chaps. Stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> uh, but this is actually. Kind of a, I don't want to say blind spot for Kent and I, but a weaker area for Kent and I.
1: Well, I mean, we like, don't sell the short because we started this show as saying we don't know much about westerns, but like, I know for you, as you were researching these, you've actually seen quite a few the westerns. Fact, I was is, surprised by how many. The fact is,
0: this them. is all a relative judgment, right? For you yeah. guys who know tons about movies, mm. this is lower on the platform, but yes. probably well, still I mean, more you than said, most like, people.
2: Hey, Kent and Jill, let's talk about horror movies. Can it be like, cool? We don't need to do any research. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. But Westerns, and I actually didn't watch a lot of Westerns until college. I watched a few when I was younger, but really it wasn't until college when I went. Wow, I've got then you're under
0: John Wayne kick and well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, so
1: I had big blind spots in both sci-fi and western. Did your dad never make you watch westerns like on Saturday afternoons? Mine no, did. it was comedies. It we were hot. watching comedies. A like lot. what kind of comedies? My dad, <laughs> my dad really the likes f- <laughs> like Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, okay. Beetlejuice is a big one of his. Uh, he liked
2: Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like stuff like that. And so he, that was kind of my influence.
1: My dad was watching Civil War movies like Andersonville and, and really slow. They're basically westerns. That's but how know all this Civil is War. American history. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably true, actually. Mm. It's ingrained.
2: But Westerns are one of those, I mean. It, I don't want to say it's like country music because that automatically make people go, but it's it's one of those that people seem to have strong opinions on one way or the other where it's like, I don't like that, even though they haven't really watched them and they've kind of put them all in a bucket. And well, say, it's the thing that's like going to
0: happen to superhero movies in, you know, 30, 40 years, which is it's there is oversaturation. Point. And then people are like, no, 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 anything but that because that was the we're coolest thing for like that. two He's totally decades. Jumping the gun. He's I know. Jumping the gun. We're not oh, even sorry. there yet.
1: Say that for the end of the show.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh is that the end? Or whenever. <laughs> yeah, let's say it for the end. Well, because we were going to talk about a little about, what makes a western a western because there is some gray area there and you can have western elements in other movies that aren't necessarily westerns and things like that Ken, if i may read something here go as for it, it. as i am want to do uh the american film institute defines western films as those quote set in the american west that embody the spirit the struggle and the demise of the new frontier that's great that's what makes a western a western is that kind of settling, I guess, kind of thing mm-hmm. and trying to make it.
1: Yeah, It's a, it's a frontier feel.
2: Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, when they think of Western, they associate it with the fifties and sixties, the classic Western era. Mm-hmm. But the truth is since film was invented, Westerns have been around like there been the great been, train robbery, for example, the first yeah, movie like that. 1901. You know, that kind of, yeah. 1901. And, uh, they, they had this whole genre in silent films where they were cranking out Westerns over and over again. Cause it's really easy. That guy's in a black hat, that guy's in a white hat, Good guy, bad guy. They're going to have a shootout. It's going to be, you know, real easy to do. So for silent movies, it was a great vehicle. But then when they got sound in, they kind of stopped making them as much, which was a little strange, I thought. But because they were so popular before, but that's when they kind of started declining. And then they started rising up again in the 30s. And that kind of peaked in the
1: 50s. You know, I thought was weird is the gangster movies have kind of followed Westerns in both eras. Like gangster movies in the 30s were a big deal. Like with the original Scarface, for example, yeah. and those movies White came King, out all those, yeah, yeah it, for like 10 years is gangster movies. And then in the 70s, when Westerns died again, gangster movies were back on top. Yeah. And just crime movies. So it's kind of interesting how they kind of go in succession se- like that. I agree. Well, and, and OK, and I'm jumping
2: back to Jacob's point, but I think it's a very valid point is that. Thank you, Joel. In the thick of it all, in the 50s and 60s, I'm sure, I'm sure that if they, ha- if they would have had podcasts back then in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. people have been like, oh my gosh, another Western movie? Mm-hmm. What, they're remaking another Western from the silent era? Why would they do that? Because it was oversaturation. There were hundreds and hundreds of Westerns released yeah, right. during that time.
0: I think John Wayne alone was in like 200 or something. Well, like it's that. funny because
2: <laughs> when I went to Wikipedia, The Source of All Knowledge and Truth, Uh, I went and looked at at Western (laughs) film. And Mm -mm. they had, you know, Westerns in the 30s, Westerns in the 40s, you know, Westerns in the 2000s. But for the 50s, they actually had to split it up into like 1951 to 1955 and 1955 to 1960 because there were so many in that list. Crazy. Another thing I thought was interesting, and this is just something maybe we can dovetail into a later conversation, but I found it interesting is that there was a screenwriter named Frank Gruber who said there are seven plots for Westerns. Did you, find, did you come across no, this? No, no. Please do. Please so share. Here are, here are the seven plots that encapsulate all Westerns. So there's the Union Pacific story, which talks about the railroads and you know technology and things like that. There's the ranch story, which is about ranchers uh, and wrestlers who are attempting to... like The ranch owners have the people kind of force them out of their land and things like that. Right. There's the Empire story, which the plot involves building a ranch empire or oil empire from scratch, a rags to riches plot. Then you have the revenge story, which is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Calvary and Indian story, the outlaw story where the outlaws are in charge, and then the marshal story where the marshal's in charge. So every Western movie, he says, fits into one of those seven categories.
1: But then I think it goes deeper as well. I mean, you do have those basic stories, but there's always this internal struggle or it's about some time or period in American history mm-hmm. that's not just the old West. Yeah, and yeah. I want to get into well, I want to get into this at the end of the show, because basically what Westerns were, what they became and how they went away. Do you want to talk? Oh, I guess we can just get right. into yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so because we have seen Westerns, we have our favorites. We're going to talk about our favorites, right? Yes. But there's also many that I haven't seen that I feel ashamed of.
0: so we're going to admit that we're going to admit that yeah
1: talk about the ones we haven't seen maybe like it's time to confess like Uh, the the five that we should have seen that we haven't yes and then we
0: will see is do you want to start with the
1: gaps or do we want
0: to start with the we haven't explained right so the joel and kent have five movies that are the gaps and five that are their favorites and the
2: and the gaps are the ones that we we should have seen because they're classics and everyone knows them but we just haven't and then there's the five that we will recommend to all of you who haven't watched Westerns, maybe don't want to give them a chance. These are ones that are that are good to start out with if yes. you
0: haven't. Let's do five, four, three, and back and forth start with the gaps. How's that sound? Starting with the gaps. Starting with the gaps. I love going to the gap, but old navy is probably my favorite. Okay.
2: Old navy. Glad old you navy. Took it there. Old navy
1: performance. I'll always place. take it old navy. <laughs> all right. Kent, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'm going to go first on this one because uh, I really struggled here. Like, I wanted to go kind of cliche because I haven't seen movies. Like, for example, my honorable mentions here, like The Outlaw Josie Wells, I didn't see. Uh, Pale Rider, The Proposition. Which what, you have is, honorable mentions for Gaps? Yes. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I know. There's a lot I haven't seen.
0: Overkill.
1: But it's what I do. <laughs> but one that I was actually, I was loaned this movie the other night and given a, a very strong recommendation from a guy that I, I agree with mostly. Oh, no. I know. And I actually did this because I wanted Joel's opinion on this movie because I knew it wouldn't be discussed otherwise. Is the assassination of Jesse James by the cow- coward Robert Ford, <laughs> which I think my review of this movie said the movie is a lot like the title, unnecessarily wrong, uh, unnecessarily long, and kind of confusing. So I really want to watch this movie because this came out in 2007. I purposely didn't watch this movie because I maybe wasn't into westerns all that much, and I thought this would never be, heard great
0: things either. Yeah, kind of like I thought Joel. it would be
1: tedious. But then when my friend Luke, it's tedious. And that's what I want to know. I actually have this copy in my car right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to because Casey Affleck is an amazing actor, and I kind of want to watch it just for him, hmm. even though I'm sure it's going to be this crazy slow burn. Um, just to give the description of the movie, uh, are we giving IMDb summaries on these? Yeah. On yeah. honorable mentions? Or is this You're the right. actual one? No, it's okay. It's okay. They're really They're so, like one sentence summaries. Robert Ford, who idolized Jesse Jameson's childhood, tries hard to join the reforming gang of the Missouri outlaw but gradually becomes resentful of the bandit leader. So, the, I mean, the title is what the movie's about, but I still, I have this pull to watch it just based on the recommendation and because of the anti-recommendation by Joel because I want to know what's, what's divisive about it. Well, and, and, okay, so the cinematography is
2: remarkable and the score is actually really good, but the plot just wanders around and it drags and it's just not good and I really, I couldn't get into it. Like there was, <laughs> I told Kent this, there was a, a parody video put out a little while ago where uh, Yogi Bear and uh, Boo Boo <laughs> were put into the roles of the ending of this movie when uh, Robert Ford assassinates.
1: We what I a mean? it's, it's in the title.
2: It's in the title. Yeah. Uh, Colin, who James. wants to
0: shoot Brad Pitt? Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> but I felt more emotion in that parody sketch with, with Yogi Bear and Boo Boo than I did when the actual <laughs> event happened in the movie that I'd been watching for, I don't know, 12 hours at that point. It's a long movie. It's a mini series. Oh, it's so long. I didn't like it and I, I can't recommend it, but you have it. You might as well watch it and yeah. you like boring stuff anyway. So I do. You might like it. I do. All right. So Joel, what's your number five? My number five is actually the outlaw, uh, Josie Wells. Okay. Because that's, it's, Directed and starred by, by uh, Clint Eastwood, the film tells the story of Josie Wells, a Missouri farmer whose family is murdered by Union militants during the Civil War. And this was one of those that, you know, put it, it didn't put Clint Eastwood on the map, but this is one when he was kind of at his peak when he was doing these westerns. And it, it's one that everyone talks about. He's like kind of an, an icon in this movie. And it's based on this uh, novel, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a novel that a lot of people like, too. But this is one of those classic ones that I know by name, but I don't know anything about the movie. And so even just reading the synopsis, when I read up on this, I'm like, okay, that actually sounds pretty good. It sounds a lot like the Patriot, to be honest. Oh, cool. A little bit like that, where his family gets killed and then he kind of goes on this revenge against the Confederates.
1: And the cover looks cool because Clint Eastwood guy like, basically Screaming going crazy with, with double guns. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs>
2: all right. I'll go into my number four gap. It's the Wild Bunch, 1969. Directly you by. haven't seen the Wild Bunch? I haven't seen the Wild Bunch. Have you seen the Wild Bunch? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Have you seen the Wild Bunch?
0: Uh, no. Have you seen all Josie Wells? Uh, actually, I, I take back on Wild Bunch. I did see that as a kid. Outlaw Joe Wells? No, but that's on purpose. Assassination of the Coward Robert no, Ford? No, also man. on purpose.
2: Okay. Uh, so the Wild Bunch is about an aging outlaw gang on the Texas-Mexico border trying to exist in the changing modern world of 1913. So it's basically Downton Abbey with guns. Um. <laughs> this is actually no it's not but this is actually a controversial movie because this is 1969 this is just after they stopped having the production code saying you can't put this in a movie and started putting ratings on movies so this one got a little more saucy and it was graphically violent it had some other questionable material and the men weren't the, the main people weren't uh, good people. They were kind of crude men attempting to survive by any means.
1: Anti-heroes, if you will. Yeah.
2: And it's got like, you know, William Holden and Ernest Borgnine and uh, Robert Ryan and these guys who, I don't know. They're not exactly good guys in this movie. And so they weren't role models. So this was a big controversial one. But this also started, this used a lot of slow motion, which was this brand new technology back then. So it was kind of cinematography, cinematographically.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. mm-hmm. It was
1: cool. <laughs> but yes, this it is... good. This is one I feel I need to see. The Wild Bunch. All right, my number four is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I have not seen this movie. It came out in 1962. Have you guys seen this? That's a great movie. James
0: Stewart, John Wayne.
1: It is great. Yeah. So what's it about? Because I'd rather have someone who's actually seen it tell me.
0: It's uh, Jimmy Stewart basically... Man, it is actually a lot of layers, so I don't it's, know how to summarize it the really The short quickly. version
2: is is this guy is known for something, doing something great, and then he kind of reveals what really happened.
0: Yeah, that's a good story. So he yeah. kind of like
2: cons a town? No no, 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 no. It's more it, like they've kind of built him up into this hero, and he has to
0: kind of confess. Okay. And it's honorable at the same time. It's it's very... Is it Jimmy Stewart who's the the yeah. good guy in the movie? I yeah. mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: that's going to give you a spoilers, Kent. <laughs> I mean, is he ever a bad guy? has Jimmy Stewart ever been a bad guy? vertigo?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that movie's interesting Spoiler because you're vertigo. like, yeah. I don't know if this movie has me, yeah, uh, well, that's interesting. Holy crap, this movie's really great it it kind of does that thing so. really
1: mm-hmm. okay I really need to see that my number three is real Bravo. everyone recommended this, which movie which is Spanish to me for work. Brave River is it? Okay, sure. Sure. (laughs) So this one came out in 1959. It stars John Wayne, of course, and Dean Martin. I watched a few clips of this one, and it's there. It seems like it's a musical, but like a cowboy musical where you walk into a barn and Dean Martin is like laying there with his hat over his face. Wait, is it really a musical? I don't think so, but I think it's they utilize him to sing a whole bunch in this movie. But a small town sheriff singing singing westerns actually is a subgenre of westerns. yeah. Yeah. So a small town sheriff in the American West enlists the help of a cripple, a drunk, and a young gunfighter in his efforts to hold in jail the brother of the local bad guy. So maybe Dean Martin's the local bad guy. I don't know. I haven't seen this movie. Local drunk, probably. Or the cripple. Who knows? (laughs) So I do want to watch this. I have a lot of recommend. Yeah, he's the drunk. Let's be honest. (laughs) Drunk Uncle Dean Martin. Yes, indeed. So, Joel, what's your number three? My number three is actually The Man Who Shot Larry
2: Valance. (laughs) I've never seen it. Is it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's John Wayne. It's Jimmy Stewart. This is one I should have seen, but I just haven't. And I don't have much more to add uh, to what you said about it because I just feel bad that I haven't seen this, which is why it's my number three. My number two is once upon a Time in the West.
1: Oh, okay. I watched this one
2: maybe three years ago. Yeah, for the first time. Well, I mean this is this is uh, Sergio Leone who did a lot of the spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. which uh, if you don't know what a spaghetti Western is, all it really means is it was made in Italy or that surrounding area. Uh, they were kind of capturing the essence of a Western in a different era area with different actors and stuff like that. So became the kind of subgenre and they made hundreds and hundreds of spaghetti. There's they a did. ton out there. And
0: I'm curious but what you thought. Ken, of this
2: Sergio time. Lone is, is one of the most famous. Uh, it stars Henry Fonda as, a bad, as guy. a bad guy, which who thinks of Henry Fonda as a bad guy? Nobody. He's, he's like this clean cut, you know, everyone's dad kind of guy. But then you have Charles Bronson as the hero, which also seems a little weird, but whatever. And Jason Robards, which I like Jason Robards. I like him in things. Mm. Um, crush well the funny thing is <laughs> you got a crush on is, Jason <laughs> <Ramirez>. <laughs> so this is 1968 this is actually after uh, Sergio Luna did the whole dollars trilogy mm-hmm. with Fistful of Dollars a few dollars more and the good the bad and the ugly and he was going to retire from westerns but then Paramount Pictures asked and kind of gave him some money and said can you do a Henry Fonda picture and he said okay and this is what happened and it actually ended up being a very successful movie
0: I don't know if you'd like this movie Joel what's my time in the west that crap's weird. So think about. <laughs> I mean, really weird. Think about how like, weird. Like, define weird. Uh, like, I'm. I'm.
1: Oh, I'm gonna say this is. Is it as weird as Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Because that was weird. It's, it's weirder than Once Upon a Time in Mexico for sure. I would say for the filmmaking techniques, this is the Lawrence of Arabia of westerns. Oh, don't compare it to Lawrence of Arabia.
0: No, is Lawrence of Arabia meets Spaghetti Western.
1: Yeah, but I don't like. <laughs> of the West. Here's Lent the thing, Arabia. Uh, what Leone does is he focuses on the far away shot of landscapes, and you see a tiny horse coming up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He focuses on that for they about have ten minutes. Horses. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that's okay. about
0: 18 minutes. Of the movie. Yeah, no. and then
1: you see people staring, staring, long pauses for about seven minutes <laughs> at a time,
0: long pauses, and, they're just and like they just like chewing yeah. and then spit. He has and an just art to it because going. that's kind of his he thing. Does. He does. No, there's definitely a. a method right there's no doubt about that right but it's torture dude. it's not torture mm. it's just it's uncomfortable <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Jake's like, talking about that disneyland ride <laughs> you where like, he spit on you
0: you yeah. want to fall onto the floor and start like throwing a tantrum just like go <laughs> on please stop torturing me just <laughs> oh, continue with my. the i still story. have to watch it though like it's you should it's, it's part do, of the western culture yes. Yes. you watch the first 10 minutes and you'll know whether you can enjoy it or not Kind, I like would say, kind of
1: like La Land. I would say the first 10 minutes are actually the, the most excruciating in terms of what we just talked about. That's probably true. Because it takes Telling a while. To it. But still, story.
0: if he can't stand yeah, that first sure. 10 minutes, then he's not going to survive it. Right. Survive it. And, right. and survive if, he, it. And if he's into it, then Joel's going to
2: get... Did, he's going to I've die. I've survived worse movies.
1: Don't forget that I had to sit through ones that I never wanted to watch. Oh, speaking of, you guys, they're making Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. Okay. Are they so really? Yeah. So We can can't go through that. I do want to see that one. What's your number two? My number two and I feel very sad I haven't seen this, is The Searchers. Oh. Now, I have seen that one. came out in 1956. It's an American Civil War veteran embarks on a journey to rescue his niece from the Comanches. Stars John Wayne and Vera Miles. This is one of John Wayne's best. Is it? Yes. Here's my blind spot. John Wayne. What? Yeah, Jake did this shrug. which You, know, you, you don't like, you on a like podcast. Searchers?
0: No, Searchers is great. Searchers is great. You don't think it's one of John Wayne's best? I don't think it's John Wayne at his best. It feels like... Okay, he's kind of cliched, John Wayne. Like it's not really even about him. Like there's there's a, there's more interesting story going on, and they just pulled him in because it's John Wayne. Well, it, and, at and some point,
1: are we going to get John Wayne's best from you, you during gotta, the show? Ooh, that's a good question. And we got
2: we also got to hear your your John Wayne impersonation, Jacob.
0: Can uh, uh, I have done ours? No, nah.
2: come on, partner. Hey, Why wrong. don't you do your John Wayne impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll practice on that. That was mentally. good, Jacob.
2: That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Thanks. Glad that's over. <sighs> All right. No, but the searchers can, and I think you'll like this one because I hear it's dark. Yes. It's okay. dark and it takes a twist.
1: Jake, you can't shrug on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I didn't shrug. No one can hear I didn't shrug. <laughs> it was just a
2: little... Jacob, you can't deny it. This, is, this isn't the... I didn't want to interrupt hey, you. The hero's going to run in. I and, didn't
0: want to interrupt you, Joel, but you're telling Kent it's dark. Kent's level for dark is way <laughs> the crap darker <laughs> than The Searchers. It's
1: dark for a Western he, he, of he,
0: the he, era. He Hold on popcorn while watching Game of Thrones. This guy. <laughs> Does
1: anyone get sewn <laughs> and, together in The Searchers? <laughs> no. <laughs> no one gets sewn together in The
0: Searchers. <laughs> it's it is it, it's it's serious dark. yeah it's serious i'm well, okay with because that because a lot
2: of these westerns you get into them and it's like hey here's the hero doing hero things and this one's kind of like yeah
0: but the reason the searchers works is it juxtaposes the traditional western themes of like you're on the ranch and things are normal mm-hmm. and then oh there's some real like human the, things happening here yeah. and that's not the way I expected it to go. There, there's one twist in particular that I went, what? No, that's not That's not where this movie should go. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, exactly.
1: okay, it went there. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're like, that makes sense. Holy cow, that makes it way more real. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Okay. I really want to watch it. That should probably
1: be my number one because my number one, we've already mentioned it, is The Wild Bunch. Hey. I want to see this just no, because- Why is that your number one? I, I, I need to see it. Because I recently, I hear this movie equated with The Dirty Dozen all of the time. Which The Dirty Dozen is actually pretty good. It is good. and It's so much very better good. than Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Is, and actually, Suicide Squad is equated <laughs> <much> with <better. laughs> Both of these movies. Well, because. With it's, Wild Bunch and, and Dirty Dozen.
2: Well, because I mean, Dirty Dozen is all about this group of people who are less than desirable put in the situation yeah. where if they die, no big deal. Mm hmm. And that's why they put him in that situation. It right? is,
0: it's one of the most impacting movies I saw because I saw it when I was like 12 the, the first Wild time. The Wild Bunch? No, uh, Dirty Dozen. Oh, okay. And I which is was isn't like, a Western. We should clarify. And, well, spoiler alert for the Dirty Dozen from whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but they all start dying at the end, right? And I could not believe it as a kid. Like I was crying by the end of that movie at twelve Uh-oh. because have all the, the characters. Yeah, all the I characters that the they made. Years. Like I watched them die one after another, after another, after another, and I right. was shocked, shocked. It's like like when Whiplash uh, when he or Slipknot, <laughs> <laughs> he starts he's climbing. and He's really good at that Yeah, I cried then too. Right, Joel, what's right, your number so, one?
2: Uh, and my number one is a fistful of dollars. You haven't seen a fistful of dollars. I have. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: I That's have not the third movie in the trilogy. That's like watching Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, and that's it. Uh, no, it's more. It's probably like, more like watching Army of Darkness, and that's. Uh, it. Oh yeah,
2: exactly. Because Good, Bad, the Ugly, it's a different feel from the other two. I thought, or at least I, I've heard, because I haven't seen a Fistful of Dollars, and I haven't seen a few dollars more. But I mean, just recently, I did a parody video, uh, kind of like a bad lip reading for work, of a scene from Fistful of Dollars, and really? I watched that. It was the very opening scene when he's like, you know, make three coffins, and he's like, and then he shoots the bad guy, and he's like, better make it four. And I was like, well, that's kind of a cool little. And I watched that clip so many times. I'm like, I need to see this movie. And it's like that's uh, Clint Eastwood in his first leading role. This is what put Clint Eastwood on the map for, well, for Italy and for America, too. And this film uh, really was one of those ones that, I mean, it spawned so many other Westerns that I just I need to see it. And I haven't. And I feel bad
1: about it. Yeah, you should see it. But do you know why you should see it? Because the sequel, uh, we already talked about Good, Bad, and Ugly. The sequel for A Few Dollars More, which doesn't have as good a title. It's almost like Too Fast, Too Furious. Right. It's a better it movie. Really? It's a far better movie than that. I meant that. A, a Few, few dollars, dollars More is? The movie, but yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, the second oh, one. You don't
0: think the second one's better? No, I don't care for either, actually.
1: Really? Do you yeah. like The Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Not really. Huh.
2: Who are you? He's I the man with no name. I think you know.
0: so that's our
1: that's our five we need to watch so we will take recommendations as well yes judge us judge us please
2: because we haven't seen these and if you haven't seen them then who are you to judge us
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on now we're gonna go five four three two one with your favorites
2: my number five recommendation is true grit Nineteen sixty nine. I was gonna have
1: like uh, okay. Nineteen sixty nine. I've Grit. also never seen this one either. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you see the two thousand ten? Of Brothers? Yeah. Okay. Did you like that one? I did. A right up until the very, very end. Then you'll probably like this one.
2: Okay. Do tell. Because okay, True Grit, uh, nineteen sixty nine. This is a John Wayne movie directed by Henry Hathaway brother, so. and starred Kim Darby. That'd have been funny, right? Which, yeah. if you don't know, if you don't know who Kim Darby was or is, Kim sh- Darby O'Gill. No. She's the, she's the girl in True Grit, but she's also the mom in Better Off Dead. What? Franche. Dressing. No way. That's her. Which blew my mind But I figured I that out. I love that. I had no idea. And this movie is about a young girl who hires a, should we say washed up U.S. Marshal. That sounds about right. To get the man who killed her paw. Paw. And uh, the girl, I, I will say Kim Darby is a little bit annoying in this movie. She's not the best part, but John Wayne is Rooster Cogburn. That was fantastic. And it is his only Academy, it won John Wayne his only Academy Award for acting. Was it Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor? Like, I what kind of role did he play best in this movie? Actor. Like, it's the same kind of thing as Jeff Bridges does in the newer mm-hmm. one. It's that kind of... I don't
1: think it could be supporting. I think it was, yeah. Because it's John Wayne. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Jeff Bridges is always nominated for supporting mm-hmm. because it's usually a scene stealer. Yeah. and they, But they were going to get Elvis Presley
2: to be in this movie as Lebouf who's uh, kind of the Maya. Matt Damon type character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were going to him to do that, but producers down. But turned they got him, him in
0: Beauty and the Beast instead? Or? Well, he
2: wanted Elvis Presley, wanted top building, top billing over uh, John Wayne and, and Kim Darby, who were the main characters. And they went, no, we're not going to do that. And apparently, John Wayne did not like this movie. He wasn't very happy with the final result. He really didn't get along with his co star, huh. didn't like her at all. They hardly but spoke off camera.
1: Wasn't he in a sequel called Rooster Cogburn? He was. Really? Yeah. I kept seeing that on this. I'm like, that seems kind of cheesy. And that's the thing. We talk about sequels now. How are you like, oh, for sequel. But it seems like a lot of these Westerns have sequels.
2: Well, because they were moneymakers. I mean,
1: back then it was like they'd crank them out. Like there's Shane and then there's Shane come back a couple years later. There's Shane come back? Yeah.
0: Wait, does it have uh, whoever that guy is? Does Shane? has the kid. I don't know if it's the
1: same actor that played Shane. Hmm. Well, I don't know if it could be the same actor. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking.
2: Spoilers for Shane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my number five is True Grit. It is, and, and this is one of the movies I saw as a kid and it's one of the few John Wayne movies I've actually seen. So I have a huge blind spot when it comes to there. I need to watch more. Yeah. What is it? Why are you John Wayne? Like I haven't seen many John Wayne movies either. Well, and the sad thing is my grandpa, huge John Wayne fan. Like he had a cardboard cutout of him in his work shed and like, that's we, kind of adorable. It was, we, well, it was, a, it was a present they gave to him it was kind of a joke, but then he kept it in there. We all thought it was hilarious
1: that John Wade would watch over his tools. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So there you go. My number five, True Grit. Give it a watch. All right, my number five is from 1992. It's Unforgiven. Jake, you can't scoff
2: on a podcast.
0: I didn't scoff. You don't no, heard a scoff. Don't you
2: remember whenever Jacob thinks he knows more than us, he gets all up and mighty in these?
0: Actually, I did it that time just to be funny for you. <laughs> I just did a little head shake to not I'm not laughing when you give me the no look. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> so it's not a joking matter.
1: Basically, we're this is probably the show dedicated to John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. This is Clint Eastwood directing this movie, 1992, well after westerns have gone and died. Although they made a resurgence in the early 90s, they did when you get thanks links. to Kevin Costner. Yes, Clint Eastwood obviously. Yep. Uh, who else? Oh, Tombstone definitely. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Far and away. that's a, a Western. It is a Western, actually. Yeah, kind of is. So Unforgiven, if you guys haven't seen it, a retired old West gunslinger named William Money reluctantly takes on one last job with the help of his old partner and a young man. This is a very simple story, but, man, it's kind of brutal. So we have Gene Hackman is the villain. Uh, little Billy, I think, Moment is his name. Moment of silence name. for Gene Hackman. Yeah, right. He's not dead. No,
0: he's not. I'm like, wait, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> he
1: dead? Oh no! No sense for Clint just Eastwood. Retired. But Morgan Freeman's in this movie. We have Richard Harris in yeah. this movie. Dumbledore himself. English Bob. Bob English. English British Bob. Bob yeah. I think. And and like I said, Clint Eastwood, old Clint Eastwood, who plays a killer in this movie, who's meant to make things right. Right. When people get cut up and stuff like that. <laughs> Women of the night. <laughs> and so he comes back and to basically bring justice to a bad man. They're both bad men. But this is the thing. This is kind of meant to be a dirty Western. Mm-hmm. And it, it works. It totally worked for me. I saw this one probably before I've seen most Westerns, which was maybe 10 years ago. Well, it was what,
0: 1992? Yeah, 1992. I mean, yeah, so that would make sense.
1: So actually, so fun facts about Unforgiven. It was the third Western to win Best Picture after... Cimarron and Dances with Wolves. Yes, exactly. Nice and potential. Clint Eastwood never thought he would win an Oscar. And so this film, which won Best Picture, put to rest Eastwood's longstanding statement he would never win the Oscar. And he said, I quote, but I'm not going to fully quote this. <laughs> First, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Second, <laughs> I make too much money. Third, and most importantly, because I don't give a... Hoot. Clint Eastwood, everybody. a hoot, Clint Eastwood. And Sounds he, about right. Yeah. And he ends up winning the Oscar because they're like, we'll mo- show you. And more. Yeah. We'll teach you. We'll give you an award. <laughs> Moment of silence for Clint Eastwood. But have you guys seen Unforgiven? Jake, I know you have because you, you uh, gave me the no look.
0: Yeah. You know what the Unforgiven is? It's, it's the Marvel movie of Westerns. <gasps> oh, that's crazy. No, it is. It's cliched. It's tired. It's not Good. original. It is it's so. Just, it's it, dark. It, it takes a bunch of parts and he puts it together in Clint Eastwood style and I'm yawning through the whole thing. Wow. Wow. It's that's the, ant, it's the Ant-Man basically. <laughs>
1: wow. Unforgivens the Ant-Man of Westerns. It is.
0: It is. Right. <laughs> so Joel, it's like, have you seen this movie? It's like, it's not terrible. I own, it, I own this movie. It yeah. has the elements there, but I just, eh. I completely disagree. Yeah. Really, I, I think this is why. a
2: solid movie. This is the movie and it seems to be like this eulogy for Clint Eastwood's Western career. Yes. Agreed. Where it brings him back in this role where he's playing this guy who doesn't want to get involved with violence and the whole movie, the whole movie, you want you want the bloodbath to occur, but it's not letting it happen. It's not letting it happen. And it seems like it's not going to happen. And at the very end, it's like, you get that, but there's a huge like weight associated
1: with it, where it's not this glorified violence. It's like, you know, blood has a price. Even r- riding off into the sunset, this movie is much, much different than we've come to expect. Yeah. It is dark. Hmm. Bacon still approved. It's a good movie. Up top. All right, my number... <laughs> Stop giving us bad looks. You have to say things, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number four is also a modern-ish movie. And I'm sorry, guys. Maybe I'm uncultured here. 310 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma. Ha <laughs> The new one, not the old one. Yes, the new one. I actually haven't seen the old one. The, but
0: the, the new one's probably better, actually. Actually, yeah? I read
1: that pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere that the new one is better, which I, totally I surprised agreed. me. No, me too. Me too. Yeah, and I have seen this one, too. So, directed by James Mangold, who did Logan, which I also feel is a modern-day Western. It is. Walk the Line, and Night and Day, which I feel is an underrated Tom Cruise movie. Um, It's a a good director. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. Yeah, I liked it. So, the story is that a small-time rancher agrees to hold a captured outlaw who's awaiting a train to go to court in Yuma. A battle wills ensues as the outlaw... What time does the train come? 3.10. (laughs) It's hard to know for sure. (laughs) The outlaw tries to to psych out the rancher. Psych! And... (laughs) Here's the reason why this movie's so good. Because they use that line. <laughs> oh, hey, Pilgrim. Psych. Psych. <laughs> it's so stupid. I've heard it both ways. So I think this movie is so layered. And it's not just from the, I, the great performances of Russell Crowe and Christian Bell. Which and are yes, great. when I saw this movie, I had the biggest crush on Christian Bell. So it didn't hurt. Talent crush. Talent crush, Joel. Call it what you want.
0: <laughs> Whatever, you were you were growly pants at whoever the other one was, Jason Robards.
2: Yeah, what well, I said, I like Jason Robards. You're <sighs> like, I
0: like Jason Robards. <laughs> no, no, you, you rolled the R's, and Jason did. Robards you uh, did. Jason uh, Robards, <laughs> I
1: can't hide my Latin roots forever. <laughs> so, but the reason I think this movie is so great is it's not just good and bad. Here's a rancher that is trying to prove himself and get the money to save his, his ranch. But he's got this teenage son that doesn't believe in his own dad. He almost idolizes yeah. the villain, Russell Crowe. He, he does. I'd he say. does. He does. And so what Russell, uh, What Christian Bell has to do is prove himself that he's not just a rancher. He's like, look, I'm going to take this guy straight to jail. And then it becomes even more than that. This is, I think, a great movie. And uh, fun facts on this one. <laughs> it was meant to be Tom Cruise as a Russell Crowe ca- character and Eric Bana
0: as the Christian Bell character. That wouldn't have worked as well. I
1: don't think so either. Mm. And also, fun fact, if you start watching this movie at 1.20 p.m., the train will arrive at 3.10 p.m. real time <laughs> when the train <laughs> arrives in the movie. That's funny. Isn't what? that so stupid? It's time
0: to figure that out? <laughs> Someone on IMDb. Someone there is like, oh, I know a funny fact to put in there just yeah. to mess with people. I wonder
1: if they actually did it or if they just thought it. They probably thought it. I hope they did it. I, I bet they did it. All right. Is that hey, your number four? 93 out of 107 people found that useful. Okay. <laughs> Thumbs down. All right. What's your number four, Joel? My number four is Unforgiven. Yeah. I yeah. had a feeling. Yeah. I,
2: this is one of the few that I own because I, I when I watched it, it really did move me. Like, And I hadn't seen a lot of Westerns at that point And it kind of just, I don't know. It felt so powerful to me. Fun. We already talked a lot about it, but fun facts is that uh, it won four Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director, as well as Best Supporting Actor for Gene Hackman, and Best Film Editing. Hey, and not,
1: not best score, because Clint Eastwood also wrote the score for this one as well.
2: He did. He wrote the Claudia's theme. Yeah. It was composed by him. Uh, and Eastwood was nominated for the Best Actor
1: Award, but he lost to Al
2: Pacino for Scent of a Woman.
0: hoo <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. I don't know that's a joke now. Like, no one really watches that movie for the acting. It's just to see Al Pacino go a little bit nuts. It's okay. We erased it in cable IMAX. Erase. Oh, yeah. What are we talking
2: about? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number three. Let's hear it. Number three recommended. And please, this is dumb. I know it's dumb. But dang it, it was my childhood. Mm. It was, Can I guess?
1: Yeah. Three Amigas?
2: Nope. Okay. Young Guns. Young Guns. Yes. Young Guns, 1988, directed by K- Christopher Kane, starring Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen. That cast. And a bunch no of kidding. others. kidding. Um, this movie, and and lest you think it's a completely dumb movie, because this this is the story of Billy the Kid it's in, not completely in like dumb. War. It, but it's an it's in kind of a cheesy night or a cheesy it 80s is. action pick, but in the old west. But lest you think it's brainless, <coughs> historian Dr. Paul Hutton called Young Guns the most historically accurate of all prior Billy the Kid films.
0: Really? Boom. The other ones must be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this hits on certain points.
2: Obviously, there's they take some liberties because I mean, they kind of just make stuff up as they go. But uh, I actually wrote a paper in high school, and I used facts from this movie in my paper because I knew it. I knew, like... Uh, is the Warren G song, probably. <laughs> <the> Regulators! Regulators <laughs> which I hate that song because I'm like, they sampled a really cool movie, and then everyone just knows it because of the song. But me and my buddies actually used to... Um, Whenever we watch, you guys probably do. Listener, you probably do this as well. No, Whenever you watch true. a movie with your buddies, you'd pick, I call that guy, I'm that guy, and then I'm that guy. And so we all picked roles. You? I did. You're supposed to say
0: no. (laughs) Oh, I never did that. That's
2: weird. Yeah, but Jacob. Yeah, these are real friends too, not just imaginary ones.
0: But uh, (laughs) hey, they almost love movies. (laughs) But and so
2: you know, my my buddy Chad, he was Doc, and then we had another guy who was Chavez, and then I got to be Billy the Kid. Joel, I still do
1: this. Yeah, Game of of Thrones. I still do this.
2: (laughs) Your little finger. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. No, oh, Daniel was Doc. Chad was Chavez. My oh, mistake. good. Thanks for telling us in this. Case, in <laughs> case they're
2: listening, I want to put it out here and, and make sure they knew Let that. Let me I teach knew the you truth. about
1: Kent's circle of interest. Yeah, thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> Anytime someone brings up a name, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. It's just in case they listen. I hope they listen. Uh, but this movie was a box
2: office hit, grossing uh, $45.6 million domestically, which was That's pretty good. Th- it was good for a movie that they didn't really, I don't know, it didn't seem like it was going to be a hit. And then it spawned a sequel, Young Guns 2, which. That one's even cornier, uh, mm-hmm. but I love the Brushy Bill Roberts storyline they have in there.
1: Did they do they have a Brian Adams song in this movie in Young Guns? I feel like it needed mm, a Brian Adams song. They had
2: the Bon Jovi one for the second movie
1: Okay, Bon Jovi. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah.
2: Shot down in a blaze of glory. I love that song. It's a I, good I I had the cassette of The Young Guns 2 soundtrack and I listened to that song Blaze of Glory Was that on repeat.
1: Shot, shot through the heart in a blaze of glory. I'm like, no. confused well, by his song. They contacted <laughs> this
2: is Young Guns 2 facts. But they contacted Bon Jovi and said, "Hey, can we use uh Wanted Dead or Alive for our western movie?" Right, makes sense. And he said, "I don't think it really fits. Can I
1: write music for it?" And they're like, "Yo." Yeah. Hold on. I'm a cowboy on, this on a pal- steel
2: ho- or steel horse I Steel ride.
1: horse I ride. I'm, I'm wanted. wanted.
2: Wanted dead or alive,
1: <laughs> yeah. The, how does it not fit a young guns movie? Steel horse, it's wrong with steel it's horse motorcycle. Oh, now I get it, throws it all you off. You thought it was stale horse, didn't you?
0: <laughs> steel horse, <laughs> so that's, the stale horse. I ride, yeah. That's my
1: number three is young guns. My number 3 is the man from No wait no it's not I'm just kidding the man from Snowy River I did want to throw out the man from Snowy River got a the Australian in there little Jessica's theme in there Yep my number 3 is another modern one Surprise! Surprise! It's Hell or High Water. Oh, that's a good one from last year. I I didn't even I
2: didn't even pick that one, but you're totally right. That's a
1: Western. And and I did talk to Joel a little bit about this show beforehand. And was this your unorthodox pick? This was my unorthodox pick because this fits. This is a Western. This is a modern Western. It's not about the old West. It's about the new. Well, the regular West. The new Midwest.
0: Yes, it's it's about Texas. I actually went to see that thinking it was a Western.
1: Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. And then you see him riding around an old camino, and you're like, "What's
0: going on?" Right on now? a
1: steel horse there, <laughs> ride. <laughs> that was a steel horse, but this <laughs> is about it's about two brothers. So it's a divorced father's and his ex con older brother. They resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family family's ranch in West Texas. This one takes place now, but it could take place pretty much any time from the old West up to now. Yep. This is so, it feels so Old West that all they need to steal is $43,000 from the bank. That's let's, it. It's not like, let's do a heist and get a half million dollars or $5 million. $43,000. I'm glad they kept
0: that number low. Made- well, it's
1: because they had they had a specific thing they had to do. Yeah, yeah. Right, but it's, it's a really great Western feel because it's like two brothers. You've seen this story so many times in Old Westerns, and one is mostly good. But he, he has to get involved in whatever shady business because his brother... Brings him in and he's trying to help his brother out, and it's to save the family ranch, essentially. I love that it's dressing. <laughs> family ranch? Save, save the family ranch recipe. And then there's a thousand <laughs> islands. They that live they down need on <laughs> the Hidden Valley. But it, the great thing about this, it's not just about the brothers. There's equal amount of time given to the Texas Rangers, not yeah. the baseball oh, team. God, he just reminded me of. I know. A yeah. yeah. But it's so you have Jeff Bridges in this movie, which is probably, I think, one of his best modern roles. Yeah, he's, 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 really playing, he's playing another Rooster Cogburn type where you can barely hear what he's saying. But he's an old ring fit that fits, fits but the he's character an well. Old racist yeah. cowboy. Yeah.
2: But and, and you say racist cowboy, but he's like this lovable racist where like <laughs> you lived in a
1: different time, sir. <laughs> what right.
0: a lovable racist. <laughs> well, he's almost <laughs> <laughs> He's pulled
1: out of time. He's a flawed old man. Everyone knows it, even his partner, who kind of just bears with it. But the the great the two perspectives in this movie. Is brilliant. One of the best movies of last year. And th- there's moments near the end of the movie for both sides oh. that are just so impactful. So heartbreaking. Honestly. Very memorable movie. Yeah. So that's my number three. Good choice. Uh, my number two. Are we there already? We're at number two. My number two is High Noon. You like High Noon? Love High Noon. Really? That much? Yeah. Huh. I was going through the list of like what everyone else considers to be the best. And I'm like, no, I, I really do like these movies. Like Heller High Water was really up high, 310. You was up high. I, I For a while, I had for a few dollars more up there. But High Noon, I feel, is so, such a classic story. Do you want to give the brief synopsis for those who yes, don't know what High Noon? I do. Noon is? So it stars Gary Cooper and Grace... Trying
2: hard to look like Gary Cooper. <laughs> Super <laughs> duper. <laughs> wow, it's a nice Come Let's one. mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their midst.
1: Putting on the Ritz. Oh, I was hoping you'd go, Put it on the Ritz! Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but oh. you hate comedies. I like that comedy. Play you like in Frankenstein? It yeah, I really do. Oh. Okay, We'll, we'll have ahead. that in a Halloween so show. So, talk about Gary Cooper some more. So, Marshall Will Kane, played by Gary Cooper, personally compelled to face his returning deadly enemy, Frank Miller... Finds that his fellow townspeople refuse to help him. So what we have here is Gary Cooper, who's fifty-one years old at this time. This is older Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. and by the way, he, no, he's fifty years old. And in the movie, it is the day of his marriage, where he marries twenty-one-year-old Grace Kelly. Oh, Grace Kelly, she's so beautiful. One of the most beautiful women, just elegant, just on the planet, beautifully elegant. So this is a movie where he puts this guy in jail years earlier. This guy's getting out of jail, and he says, "Hey, listen, Marshall, that just got married." I'm about to make your life the worst. I'm about to end your life. And I'm showing up. My gang is waiting for me. I'll be there at noon. And so it's this whole thing where uh, the marshal, you know, he's telling his wife to get out of town. She says, come with me. He's like, no, no, I got to stand up to these guys. Otherwise, it will never end. And he's by himself because the town he's protected for years, decades even. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, these guys are pretty scary. You're on your own. And so it's one man against... It's 10 people, literally, but it feels like one man against the world.
0: Yeah. When his, when his wife comes and is like, cut him away, you can't stay here. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, look at her, dude. Take a long look. You should probably consider going. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Just
0: forget the rest of this plot and everything else. Just go. Yeah, he really should have.
1: <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, John Wayne, he didn't like this movie at all. Mm. He saw this one, he said, yeah, you should have left. Why wouldn't he leave? Like, that's so dumb. But... The reason I love this movie so much, it's not just the noble man standing alone. It's the fact that the movie builds to that noon.
0: I mean, it's the whole
1: thing. Like you see the clock ticking. It's almost the the minutes to midnight where you're like, "Okay, like what's going to happen? And then it's new when that the climax hits. I think it's one of the greatest thing in Westerns. It feels like almost a modern action action movie. Because it's just, there's so much happening there. And yes, it's a, it's an old Western. These movies are slow. Yeah. And I think maybe if people don't really care about this episode, it's the fact they're like, I don't watch Westerns. They're a bit slower. Yeah. But they're so rewarding. And I think this one, quintessentially, well, is rewarding.
2: It, I, I think Westerns take, take kind of taste. It's like you need to, I mean, that's why we're trying to give you these recommendations so you can get a taste of what Westerns are. I think a lot of people kind of lump them all together. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're all the same. And it's like, there's variations. There's good ones and bad ones. And we're trying to tell you the good ones so you can get a good flavor.
1: Right. So, fun fact about this one is that Gary Cooper had a bleeding ulcer at the time of filming. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and AFI ranks as the number two best Western of all time. Really? Yeah. The, the rock band? Yeah, AFI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, exactly.
2: Hey, right. Nice. Well done. Joel, right. number two? My number two is actually Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, 1969. Uh, this was directed by George Roy Hill and written by William Goldman, who actually is the author of the book, the princess bride, which, Oh really? It's that same kind of, and that's one of the reasons I think I like this one is because the humor in it, like you, you cannot deny the amazing, uh, relationship between, uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford
1: in this movie. I mean, it's this, it's, you know, you have the sting and you have this movie where you just kind of love seeing these two together on the screen. So I was thinking about this one a lot. I was kind of, take it out of the Western genre, even though it belongs, mm-hmm. because half the movie feels like it isn't a Western at That's all. It's true. It like a kind of have Back yeah. Bacharach singing. That is the weirdest part. When they start riding the bike and the right. raindrops can yeah. falling on my head, I'm always just like, this doesn't
2: fit, but okay. But I
1: forgive but it. But it works for the, the what, 1960? 1960, 1969. Yeah,
2: 1969. Yeah, so it came out then. And if you don't know, this is the story of, of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Very, very loosely based on history. Very loosely. Very loosely based. In fact, the, the screenwriter didn't even read any books about it because he's like, I don't want to be locked into history. I want to tell a story based on these little facts that we have about it. But it's about these two outlaws who are on the run from a, a U.S. posse after doing a bunch of train robberies. And it was a shot on location in Colorado, Utah, New Mexico and Mexico. New Mexico and regular Mexico. It sounded weird to say New Mexico and Mexico. But regular yeah. Mexico. Regular Mexico. Regular old Mexico. Slightly <laughs> above average yeah. Mexico. Diet Mexico. <laughs> Fun facts about this movie. Apparently, the entire, almost the entire cast and crew suffered from severe diarrhea due to drinking polluted water in Mexico. But Newman, <laughs> R- Redford, and Ross were the exception because they preferred drinking soda and alcohol.
1: Also, <laughs> way to be drunk on set. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Roger Ebert gave this movie 2.5 out of 4 stars. What? Why? Did he say why? No, he just—he I think he did, but I didn't quote it because he was just kind of being like, "Ah, it's drivel, blah blah blah, slack yokels." You know, those, whatever those. No, say, yeah. he did yeah. not.
0: I know those types. Uh, and it won four <laughs> Academy
2: Awards, best cinematography. Hey, that's kind
0: of ironic. That uh, uh, said slack Oh, no, kids. <laughs> no, Jill, don't you get it? Stop. It's, you
1: insensitive
2: jerks.
0: I don't, I mean, He's dead now. It's it fine. Won best, yeah. cinematography, best cinematography, best original score. It's, it's fallen down, down to music, his chest
2: now. Probably. And best writing. I'm just going to ignore these two idiots that are around me.
1: <sighs> I'm so
2: sorry. But I think that this movie has a, a good mix of humor and also just... Well, drama. camaraderie as well. Well, I, I mean, mean, even just when they're running away and they
1: keep getting pursued by this guy, it just gets so, it's like stressful. And then the ending. Yeah. Actually, so the ending is, is very memorable. It's very iconic. But for me, the most memorable scene is when they're jumping into the river. Yes. because <laughs> It's so much fun. Because they really, like, they, they
2: didn't really do it. But they, they both were also, I think Robert Redford wanted to do it, I think, and Paul Newman didn't. Or it was vice versa. Was, yeah, because Paul Newman said, I don't want a dead co, uh, dead co Actor, co-host, co... What do they call him? Co-worker. Sure, why yep. not? I can't talk tonight. But uh, no, it's a fun scene. There's so many good scenes in here. It's so many good lines. And it's just... It's the relationship between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's no wonder these guys became fast friends. Because it this movie was just so much fun to be in, I bet. Yeah.
1: My honorable mentions are, like I said, for a few dollars more, the original Magnificent Seven. Because I did not care for the new one. Okay. Lonely are the Brave. <laughs> with good reason. Yeah, with good reason. Have you guys seen Lonely are the Brave? I haven't even heard of that.
2: No, I've seen only the lonely and I've seen brave. Does that count? <laughs> yes. If you combine those two, it's, it is
1: lonely. Or the okay. Brave. so John Candy and the Scotland. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, Lloyd bridges as like the oldest, you know, it's like the oldest It's like basically the death of the cowboy in a, it's like in the 1950s and this guy who still holds on to the cowboy age. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really tragic story. Okay. So it's very, very What's good. It called? Lonely in the brave. Lonely are the brave. Are the we brave. watched this in film class. Uh, Three Migos and Tombstone. Tombstone is my honorable mention. Yeah. And I actually, well,
2: I have a bunch of them, including my, one of my wife's favorite movies of all time is Tombstone. I put it as honorable mention. I was
0: actually going to say I'm a little sad. It hasn't come up. So so sorry. Mm-hmm.
2: But my honorable mentions, uh, The Searchers, High Noon, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Tombstone, Magnificent Seven. I put No Country for Old Men in there. I'm sorry, Kent. Shane, Far and Away, Dance with
1: Wolves, and City Slickers. Oh, City Slickers. There you go. That's another I actually have edition. no problem with No, no Country for Old Men except for the, the final act. Yes, exactly. No, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> uh,
2: and now we're on to our number ones. Who's going first? You are. I am. You sure you want me to go first? Because I kind of cheated. You did? I did. It's a tie. I gave a
1: tie. City to Slickers my... 2. And... <laughs> yeah, Curly, Legend of Curly's Gold.
2: <laughs> uh, you, wait,
1: so you have two. I have two. because the Because you know, is... generally when you do a tie, it has to be... You take out the number two spot, and you yeah, just do except it. for I couldn't. Yeah. I the, the reason is I couldn't
2: bump out any of the ones I had already, and I felt these two were similar enough in tone and what? style.
0: So you have six basically.
2: I have a tie for number one, and it's going to three amigos.
0: Yeah, I, I felt.
2: Yeah, because I, I actually didn't for I didn't remember that one at first, and then it, when later I was I was reading up on westerns and I saw that one, oh Oh no, I got to put that in there. And my my other number one is Maverick, nineteen ninety four Maverick. Hey. It's a modern. These are both these, are both. these are Mel Gibson. Neither one. Yeah, neither one of these are like <laughs> classic westerns. But both of them, I watch. I own both of these, and I watch them fairly regularly. So, real briefly, because I have two of them, and I'm going to get through them very quickly. Maverick is directed by Richard Donner and also written by William Goldman. So apparently, I have a type. Hmm. I like that kind of humorous uh, style. Yeah. And Maverick is in a word charming. Like it is so charming. It's Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, um, James Garner, James Garner, who played Maverick in the original TV series. And it's a very simple story. It's about a guy who wants to get to a high-stakes poker game. A grifter. And he has to earn enough money to get there. And Mel Gibson is just spectacular in this role. he's great. So is Jodie Foster. Yeah, and Jodie Foster is great, too. Like She actually plays a really good foil to uh, Mel Gibson because they're kind of trying to out-con each other. It's two con men kind of conning each other, which is really fun. And yes, Kent... There are lots of musical cameos in this. They have so many country singers doing cameos in this. Movie. I don't,
1: maybe it's because I never listen to country that I don't and, know. And Danny Glover. And Danny,
2: well, yeah, they have Danny Glover and Corey Feldman's in there too. What? Oh, really? He's one of the bank robbers. Well, have you have you seen Maverick?
1: It's been years. Because, Danny, you, know, you remember Danny Glover's in it? I don't remember. So he it, com- he's
0: a bank robber. Yeah, there's a bank robber. And, and, and he goes and out and he goes, I'm getting too old for this. Oh, yeah. Of course oh, he's hilarious. Does. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. It's like,
1: at the
2: part, like, he's wearing a bandana when they're robbing the bank and, like, Mel Gibson pulls it down and they look at each other and it plays that, like, saxophone music from lethal weapon
0: <laughs> that's great it's wonderful yeah they kind of have like this do we yeah
2: yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah and then three amigos uh man what what can i say about three amigos it is one of the funniest movies ever made what's that line do you want to kiss me on the veranda yeah i can go back and you can kiss me on the veranda lips will be fine <laughs> uh directed by john landis and written by uh, lorne michaels lorne michaels steve martin and randy newman and it's about three silent film randy stars newman of the musical randy yes newman? huh He helped write it, and he actually wrote The Ballad of the Three Amigos, My Little Buttercup, and Blue Shadows. My Little Buttercup (laughs) is an
1: original song by Randy Newman. I thought it was a song maybe they took, like an old-fashioned song. Randy Newman is also uh, the voice of the singing bush. Oh. And so that movie's so
0: weird. I forgot there that, was a scene the That bush. scene was weird. Yeah. I love it. I, I was like, I "Oh not get it. What's going on when right now?" When they shoot the invisible searchman. In. Wait. <laughs> I love
1: it. So <laughs> this was a Saturday Night Live movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is Like was, this if was, we're talking about the pantheon of SNL movies, which maybe we should. Yeah. This would be tops. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like this and Wayne's World are both up there, but right. I'd give this one the top
2: slot. And it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi at one point. Uh, Bill Murray was attached to it. Like, they had all those kind of regular SNL characters. Bill Murray could have fit. But they, uh, man, they, they they nailed it How with do you the like cast. Chevy did, Chase in this movie? I think Dusty Bottoms is wonderful. Okay. yeah. Because generally, Chevy Chase is kind of, take it or leave it. I, I actually really enjoy Chevy Chase comedy, mm-hmm. a lot of them. And I, I like Fletch, I think, is one of the greatest comedies of all Fletch time. Fletch is great. I also enjoy Fletch Lives. But we'll do say that for our Chevy Chase show. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, but yes, I, Next gave, week. <laughs> I gave the tie to Maverick and Three Amigos because I felt these were two Western comedies. Like they both kind of fit the same feel to me. And they fit you, and both of them I can watch any day of the week and be a happy, happy person. Have you? Which is is you why your,
0: we're going to watch them right after this episode. Have you shown oh, your yeah, kids Three Amigos?
2: Not yet. My brother just did this past week, and I went. It's probably time for my kids. Okay, because I showed them Napoleon Dynamite and didn't prepare them for that, and they did fine. So
1: maybe they're ready for Three Amigos. Yeah, I feel like Three Amigos should be the foundation and then work up to Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of threw them into the deep when end. When they're 20. Yeah, I you. also... <laughs> when they're 20 and maybe a little high. I also...
2: <laughs> I tell your kids are high. We just were on vacation. I actually showed my kids some Marx Brothers and some Three Stooges. And? And found out that Three Stooges is much more amenable for kids. Like, kids can pick up on Three Stooges much easier than Marx Brothers comedy. Yeah,
1: interesting. So, yeah. I hate Three Stooges. All right, Kenny D. I really do. I'm sorry. Can imagine why. Yeah. My number one, as cliche as you can be. But I I actually this moved from number five to number one the more I thought about this list. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thanks, Scuttle.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Came out in nineteen sixty-six. This is the third part. And it's it's funny, it's it's called a trilogy, but it's really a not really tied together yeah, trilogy. I've heard that the man with no name or Joe or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, Clint Eastwood's character, that is not the same character from... His name is Blondie in this one. Huh. I mean, he's really not named very much, but it's Blondie. Uh, Eli, uh, sorry, Lee Van Cleef, who plays a villain in so many Westerns. Yep. He well, plays, the name like Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, he plays Angel Eyes, and he's the main villain. Great little Angel Eyes. <laughs> and he also is... He's kind of an anti-hero in For a Few Dollars More, the movie that precedes this. And so these movies aren't exactly tied together. They're almost standalone stories. But man, this one has almost everything you need from the the score, which is absolutely amazing. The freeze frames are a lot of fun. Right. So the freeze frames and also the final well, near final scene when they have the Mexican standoff. Yes, in the graveyard, which they built that graveyard. They
2: built it from scratch. Okay. Nothing was there, and they kind of, the the poor crew had to build up like this
1: circular graveyard that was just, I mean, it's amazing looking. So, the reason it's great, I mean, obviously, with the name, you know, it's about three characters. So, there's the good, who's not really all that good. No. So, not not at all, really. But he's the protagonist. He's the protagonist. There's the bad, who is Angel Eyes, played by Lee Van Cleef. And Eli Wallach plays Tuco, Who's the ugly one, the selfish one? The sidekick. The the guy that always betrays his loyalties, even if you think yeah. he's back on your side. It's like a Peter Lorre kind of thing, if you want to go back into Bogart era. Right. So just real quick about the, the story a bounty hunt a bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against a third in a race to find a fortune in gold buried in a remote cemetery. So this movie, kind of like we said with Once Upon a Time in the West, has long pauses, landscape shots, but they're a little more tight. And I think that's why this movie works. This movie is actually two hours, 40 minutes. Is it that long? So it's very long, but the the pacing really works. I don't, Jake, I don't know if you really, really care for this one at all. I don't. I, uh, for me, this movie doesn't bore me, even though it's almost three hours. Um, Here's the funny thing though. So there's a bad guy. Angel Eyes is a bad guy. I would say he's the Hans Landa or Hans Landa of this movie. Hans Landa? From Inglorious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is an inspirational sports story called Inglorious. <laughs> <laughs> the Quentin Tarantino in, story. In, inglorious. <laughs> but Angel Eyes really feels like the forefather of that character. But uh, the thing is, Angel Eyes only kills three people in that movie. Tuco, the ugly, kills six. Blondie kills 11 people. So he's the protagonist, but he's also the biggest killer there.
2: But at the same time, I mean, back then, good guys killed bad guys. It's just kind of how it worked. Yeah. But it's just a
1: little more discriminating from the like Arrow when it's like, oh, it's a different don't season. Don't bring up Arrow. I can't, I can't kill anybody anymore. <laughs> Here's another reason why I like this movie is when it came out, not a great reception. Mm. Like critics didn't really like it, but now it's considered one of the best, if not the best Western of all time.
0: Why do you care about, if you don't mind me asking, because I didn't care about the characters. Like I never cared. Like there was never an emotional connection. They never felt real. It was like watching... Mario Brothers right like what? it was just that far away wow you brought up Mario Brothers I know we got Arrow and Mario Brothers <laughs> in a good bad and ugly <laughs> ugly it's, comparisons you guys it was basically Stephen Amell so no I'm, I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, here's the thing no, no like just the emotional connection for me there like a total disconnect so I never cared in fact I never even finished it because I got bored and I didn't care you about it you should anyone. the ending is fantastic the the so part. Clint
1: Eastwood I actually don't care about in these movies because he's the man with no name He's just, he's the, your Western hero. He's what you picture when you picture the old aging cowboy, right? But for me, Angel Eyes is so intimidating as a villain that all he has to do is walk in a room and it's its scary. Tuco, you want to trust him because he's the comic relief, but you can't. Especially, it, especially when he tried to sell that meth to Walter White. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was weird,
0: right? Don't so trust him. Sell that Was he selling it to him? <laughs> it's it's late.
1: Uh, Tuco jokes for all you Breaking Bad fans out there. But I I feel yeah. like this movie is tense. The score itself, not only the theme, but like the ecstasy of gold, which I, we talked about on our our previous soundtrack the show. The soundtrack and feels yeah too is amazing. And so this movie, really, the more I think about it, it is probably the perfect western.
2: So yeah, there you go. All right, so there's our recommendations. Uh, we'll list them on uh,
0: BaconCell.com as well. So you can see them there if you want to remember them. So we've talked about some classic Western movies. and You said yes. your favorite ones. Which ones have you seen that you think might be way overrated? Any come to mind? Well, Cimarron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cimarron.
2: <laughs> Cimarron is a 1931 Best Picture winner. And I think we all agreed it was one of the worst Best Picture winners ever. Like The, mo- yeah, the movie's just terrible. terrible with Yancey. Wandering around and you know leaving his wife for twelve years and then coming back and being like, "Honey, uh, I'm going to defend the prostitute that you're defending in court." And it's just <laughs> "Woman of the Night," Joel. Woman yeah, of that's the right, Night. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That that was definitely overrated. I think that one's got a lot of hype under it, and it drives me nuts.
1: Do you guys consider Dances with Wolves to be an overrated Western, or do you consider it even mm, to be a Western? It is a Western. It's a Western. I don't think it's overrated. I I I enjoyed it and would watch it again. So what do you you don't like it? I mean, I like it fine, but I never really considered it in like high in the pantheon of westerns at all. This hmm. this movie didn't even come up with me no, when no, I was creating this Wolves list. It? Yeah, Dance with Wolves came a couple times for me.
2: I, okay, I, to, I put in my honorable mentions because I thought, you know, it was it was that revitalizing of the genre too.
1: But you you almost have to give a lot of credit to Kevin Costner, even though his movies haven't really done as well. Like he did Wyatt Earp right after Tombstone, which was probably a mistake. Yeah. Uh What was it? The open, open range as well. Like, you yeah. can tell this man loves the genre, but they never quite panned out. Yeah. No. Except for Dance with Wolves. Dance with Wolves. Oh, like, also, uh, Wild Wild West. I mean, I just want to bring it up. Where? Are you just talking <laughs> about bad
2: movies now? No, it, well, because I, we were t- we <laughs> talking about It's called Wild it, Wild West. But I mean, the fact that it's called Wild Wild West. I'm going
1: west, straight is to it, the Wild Wild West.
2: Is it as bad as everyone makes it out to be? Because I saw this one around the time it came out, and... I didn't hate it, but it has not held up very Joel, well. How,
1: how old were you when Wild Wild West came out? Nineteen. You were nineteen. on there. No, I think you were probably seventeen.
0: So it sounds well, like you're moving more into like
1: 1999. Like,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah. So we're moving past westerns that are overrated, right? What are the terrible ones? Is this, is well, this your example? Well, I, so, I think
2: I think it's one you should avoid, but it's not because of no, look. it's not because of Kevin Kline. He was he was actually good. It's not because of Kenneth Branagh because he was actually good. And Will Smith was serviceable. Selma Hayek. I I didn't think she was a bad actress until I
1: watched that movie. And I went, wow, she's not good as an actress.
0: I think it's just the script writing. Joel? Oh, and it's it's, it's really bizarre.
1: Let's watch this on our slumber party because this is worse than you remember. Is it? Remember I the giant seen spider at the end? Yes. This movie is bad because of Kenneth Branagh. This movie it's, is bad because of Kevin Klein. It's totally bad. His movie, is. Probably I've the, seen it though. Some Hayek and Will Smith may be the best parts of this movie. No, this no, is no, a no, horribly no. bad movie. They do dance, so. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't remember being that bad. You're, no, your tastes have grown up. And maybe you need to revisit this movie because you were a teenager. Wait, I need when to revisit it to see
2: how much I hate it? Yes.
1: Why can't I just leave it in my memory and be happy? No, because you shouldn't be happy about a bad, a good memory
0: of Wild <laughs> Wild West. Do it the Kent Dunn way.
2: I'm not saying it's a good memory. I'm just saying I don't know if it's as bad as
1: everyone makes it out to be. I don't like it the song no, at it all. It is. Yeah, no, it is. It is, it is.
0: Yeah. Kent, do you have any like this? Uh, that
1: was also on my list. Also, a really, I guess, overrated and a bad one is Dead Man. This has Johnny Depp in a black and white movie that's nearly I si- silent. I don't know this one. Came either. out probably 1998. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong here. But I don't, have this a, I don't is know that one. A movie where, well, I guess he did it later in his career as well, but Johnny Depp plays a kind of a Comanche. Wait, are you sort sure you're talking drifter? about the same movie here? See, that sounds like another movie to me, Kent. It, it should, but it's basically Johnny Depp's almost silent throughout this whole movie, and it's meant to be a really introspective movie, but it's just really boring and it was when uh, Johnny Depp was a good actor back in the 90s but mm-hmm. it's an interesting choice people love it because it's just kind of drawn out and nothing much happens I don't even consider this a western but it is it's somehow in the genre it's called Dead Man Dead Man I don't know if I've ever heard of this one yeah don't ever I watch haven't. it yeah there you go
2: well and then of course you bring up Johnny Depp we do have to bring up yes, uh, we Lone do. Ranger directed by Gorbovinsky it was just barely with Army Hammer and Johnny Depp is uh, Tonto poor uh, Army Hammer yeah, Army Hammer just gets a bad, a it gets a bad shake. The guy's not a bad actor, but he keeps landing roles that are
1: just yeah, yeah. not great. And that movie has like werewolves, <laughs> and then the train robbery, and then it's everything. That movie has everything, well, but nothing at the same time. Well, yeah. in the same
2: vein, Cowboys and Aliens, I thought was a huge misfire mm-hmm. because I like I like the idea of like wow, you know, no technology versus super advanced technology is a pretty cool battle. But then it just took itself way too seriously. Yeah. For a John Favreau movie. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. like, why is this? Why is this being so somber? Like this is cowboys versus aliens. This should be fun. And it just wasn't. So uh, Kent, to wrap up, let's uh, maybe talk about the
1: end of the Westerns. What what killed them and if they're going to make a comeback. So I feel like we as Americans, we no longer, much like we discussed, we no longer see the frontier. We no longer know what the open frontier means. Because we've discovered everything. We've discovered everything. There's no open land at this point. There's no sense of riding over unfenced prairies. Because even when you're on a road trip, road trip on the highway, there's fences everywhere. Like, it's not like, I'm going to go explore and discover something, and maybe there will be danger. You don't feel that anymore. I can see that. Although, I don't know. It's interesting, though, that they, that Westerns
2: kind of died out in the... Well, I, okay. If I can talk about why I think when they died out. Yeah. I have a couple theories. Uh, one... Is John Wayne died in 1979, and maybe the western did too, because there weren't a lot of westerns and, and in the 90s. They had the resurgence, but kind of 80s, it was kind of that. Well, they were hit dipping even like, and I they mean, were dipping then. Which, by the way, have you guys heard the story about uh, the, the theory? I guess around uh, John Wayne's death. No. So he died of stomach cancer in 1979, but apparently during the filming of The Conqueror in 1956, which was on location near Saint George, Utah. Ninety-one people that were on that of the cast and crew developed some sort of cancer at various times, and they believe it was because they were filming near nuclear testing grounds. What and the fallout? Really?
1: the fallout affected them. Oh, that's messed up.
2: Yeah, and so and and Wayne uh, John Wayne actually said that he believed his lung cancer. He had he had stomach cancer and he had lung cancer, and he believed the cancer for his lungs was because he smoked six packs a day, basically. But sure, this the stomach cancer is one of those could have been could have been because of the radiation fallout down in St. George but kind of weird and my other theory is Heaven's Gate which if you do, if you've never heard of Heaven's Gate no not the cult I'm not talking about the cult I'm talking about the 1980 American epic western uh, which was uh, written by Michael Semina or directed by Michael Semina who did the Deer Hunter and he was mm-hmm. like this up and coming and this was a huge budget western in 1980 and it is considered one of the biggest box office bombs of all time and one of the worst films ever made. It only earned <laughs> $3.5 million domestically. $3.5 And uh, it was a $44 million budget, which was huge back then. And it actually made United Artists, the the studio that's kind of, you know, the parent studio, mm-hmm. United Artists. Who did Bond at the same time. Yeah. And it collapsed shortly yeah. after this movie. And they wow. say it's because of Heaven's Gate. And I wonder if that
1: said, wow, people don't really want Westerns anymore. So those are my theories as to why I died. And I also think that um, the way that Native Americans are depicted throughout the even this, I guess, especially the 80s and especially now, it's... Considered
0: insensitive.
1: Yeah, it's not politically correct. It's like oh "Oh, the the native savages. You can't. Why would you? You can't say that anymore. No, you can't sing songs like "What Make the Red Man Red." No, you (laughs) can't in in modern movies. He said
0: before you go to sleep, of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? Also, I think, and if I if I may, just kind of lead into why they'll never come back. You don't think they'll ever come back? I don't think they'll ever come back. I don't think we as Americans, especially millennials. Yeah, I'm calling you out, millennials. We have no memory of the, of the founding of this country, of the Old West, of declaring land yours. We don't really even have a memory of pre-World War II at this point. Hmm. And so why would we even think of the Old West at all? Well, it's that callback, though. It's just like, oh, but, yeah, no, simpler the, times. There was a simpler time for them, but a simple time for us is the 50s. Like we think of like it's father true. knows best sort of thing. It's like, oh, the simple conservative time of the 50s. There is no simple times of before cars. But there is simple plan.
0: <laughs> no, there's no longer a simple plan. <laughs> yeah, it is probably disconnected from our sort of cultural.
2: It's just interesting to me. And this goes back to what you were talking about before, Jacob. It's interesting yeah. to me that you can get so much saturation from one particular genre and I wonder if, you know, 50 years from now, what how people will psychoanalyze this as to why there are so many superhero movies now. Because we're looking back at there at the West being like, you know. Well, they're already doing that with,
0: like, zombie movies and things like that, yeah. right? Is Yeah, there's this cu- culture of fear about, you know, so toxins and whatnot. Can I read the quotes from Steven Spielberg? Ooh. I'll allow this.
1: Will you allow it? Yeah. It's about Westerns, action from movies. From good old Steve-O. Yeah. So he's, there's three it's paragraphs Stevie. here. You had it right. So it's really, he came under a lot of fire. He basically, I'll summarize first before I read his quote, talked about the death of the superhero genre. This was two years ago. Steven Spielberg said this. Yes. And people got really, really upset because they love their superhero movies. He says, we were around when the Western died and there will be a time when the superhero movie goes the way of the Western. It doesn't mean there won't be another occasion where the Western comes back and the superhero movie someday returns. And then so this article says in 2013, the director warned of the big danger that came from studios, placing such emphasis on summer tentpoles at the expense of other releases. And he said there's going to be an implosion where three or four or maybe even half dozen mega budget, but mega budget movies are going to go crashing into the ground. And that's going to change the paradigm. And I think even this year, if you look at Pirates... Or, let's see, what what else has been a major disaster that's been a huge movie? There's been a few big temple movies, like Transformers, that have just crashed into the ground. Just underperformed, yeah. Yeah, underperformed, but Pirates in a big way. Mm. That I think he's, he's right, that you're seeing so many blockbusters, not right about superhero movies yet. Well, except, they, and, and Ken, I'll bring this up only yes. because I think this is maybe an interesting parallel, but if you look at it, let's say...
2: I mean, they, they were in the silent era, but let's say 1930, 1931 with Cimarron was the beginning of kind of the Western interest. Mm-hmm. And it went until about the 90s. I mean, well, it pe- pe- no, 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 no. It, it peaked, it, no, it peaked in the 50s, 60s, like 60s, but then it kind of, yeah. well, what I'm saying is it peaked in the 50s and 60s and then kind of puttered out, but then you had those couple little resurgences in the 90s. But I mean, that's like 60 years there of I give Western it. I give movies. an easy
1: 35.
2: So let's say that Superman was the beginning of the superhero era. And then we're peaking about now. That still means we have another, what, 10 years left? Right. I think even out. longer,
1: because I would maybe say the Tim Burton Batman movies, even maybe more X-Men, Spider-Man era, maybe really kickstarted this. It could be. And so I mean, those were, his, maybe, maybe those were like the 50s His, his last paragraph, he says, right now the superhero movie is alive and thriving. I'm only saying that these cycles have a finite time and popular culture. There will come a day when the mythological stories are supplanted by some other genre that possibly some young filmmaker is just thinking about discovering for all of us. And so, yes, I do think the superhero movie is the new Western where they explore maybe paranoia, like in Captain America Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. like government paranoia or something like that. Like that's the way that's what Westerns did. They talked about how America felt at a time and did it through a narrative like a Western when someone is protecting their ranch, for example, or trying to find treasure that which is considered the American dream. Well, and really if you boil it down, it's a lot of, it's the same type of story where you
2: have a group of people struggling to survive in one form or another. And a hero comes along a white hat wearing hero Mm -hmm. or a, you know, shield wielding hero who helps them and helps you know, let me help you ma and pa and then i'll go on my merry way
1: right and that's a lot of what the superhero genre is too it's just taking a different form so in so do you have any reasons why you think it will never come back do you think it won't come back i think it will come back really i don't know if it'll be traditional but i think some form of the rest western will come back see because so i wrote a list of why i don't think it will ever come back um i think it's too slow for modern audiences like dunkirk like like I don't think Dunkirk is slow at all, but for modern audiences that (laughs) maybe maybe can't handle the slow burn because it's, and so in kind of building onto that, they're not guaranteed box office hits. Like it's, even if you have a big star like Brad Pitt and you're Western, it's probably not going to be a huge hit. It's got to be low budget. It's not guaranteed now. Okay. Western tropes will be used in the story, but I think it will, they'll be put into a genre that's considered more fun and profitable. Like a sci-fi, like, like a a Star
2: Wars or Serenity.
1: Or Or if I may, John Wick and John Wick 2. I would say those are modern Westerns. I would agree. Yeah. Good point. And you, you throw the action in there, but it's a lone drifter who mm-hmm. almost doesn't need a name, except yep. you fear his name, except for those movies don't exist anymore. So we don't need to talk about that. So uh. Oh yeah, we erased those in cable IMAX. And also yes. the directors we have nowadays, they didn't grow up watching these movies. Like we have young directors directing most of our popular movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. These directors grew up watching 80s films. And I think that's basically we're getting a recurring 80s theme. In a lot of our movies, a lot of geek stuff. Well, and it does seem like a lot of directors will
2: build on nostalgia that they have. And that's what their whole point is. And that's kind of why we're getting things like Stranger Things and all these reboots of movies and TV shows that we loved back when we were younger. Yeah. So because that's the growing era.
0: I've just pulled up some some news here, and it looks like Christopher Nolan's new project is actually a Western. <laughs> so do you think that's gonna that's gonna bring it back? Or <laughs> I can't wait for 2020 <laughs> to see that movie. <laughs>
1: actually, he should do a Western. I think he could do a He's Western. He's never tackled that. Yeah, it's new go.
0: territory, that's what he likes. Right. Yeah. But they're actually I did I did look it up after we were talking or after you mentioned it in the bacon bit, and uh, it looks like he might be attached to the new James Bond.
1: And it's not going to happen.
0: All right. So, Jake, if I may ask you, all right? Because I think, can't twist. I
1: think I think westerns. And remember, back when westerns were popular, western TV shows were also very popular. True. I think now it's just going to be western TV shows. Like we have some strange ones, like Westworld, mm-hmm. which is a little bit sci-fi, but it still relies on the western tropes. Do you consider a show like Justified to be a modern western? For sure. And do you think we'll see more shows like that?
0: And by modern western, I mean it satisfies a certain like I don't know uh, like ego need right some sort of psychological like um desire or association I can't think of the right words for this but like the things that the western satisfied viewers yeah it shows like justified takes care of yeah yeah I, I do it scratches think that, that itch yeah yeah exactly
1: maybe we'll see a resurgence of well, briscoe
0: cannon jr and
2: uh, since we're you know playing on the jacob uh, heartstrings right now what about supernatural two young men riding across the country from town to town making things right and then going on their merry way. Sounds pretty Western to me. It kind of does.
0: Yeah. It does kind of have that feel. It's more Americana, but that Americana is really close to Western. So no, they had, Oh, what did they call it? Like
2: acid Westerns or something like that, where it's like these modern, no, it wasn't acid westerns, but it was like these modern ones, like, uh, uh, Writer, Easy writer, yes. and stuff like that. Where it was like these,
0: it's the Route 66, yeah, that tile kind of thing. Lake, that, but yeah. it had
2: ties into westerns, and so I just was thinking about that mm-hmm. when he was talking about. It, had, it definitely
0: has strong influences yeah. of westerns. And yeah. then Galavant, <laughs> you <laughs> 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 and much like the modern western, that show's dead. Oh, <laughs> it is. Rest in peace. Too soon. Yeah, with uh, Roger Ebert's corpse. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, Jake's fault on that one. <laughs> Why? You brought up Gallivant. you had it coming. Uh, you're not insulting me. You're just offending people at this point. <laughs> Mostly you. Nobody else cares about Roger Ebert. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's not speak ill of The Departed, shall we? All right. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Western? <laughs> or or Gallivant The Departed.
2: Okay. Well, uh, I don't really want to end on that note, but I don't really have anything else. You guys? No, we're good.
0: We're going to end on that and note. We're going to end on that note. That was, uh, that was actually more fun talking about Westerns than I thought. So I hope the audience enjoys it too.
2: Me too. And if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me at QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page.
1: If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers or find Bacon Sale on Twitter at Bacon Sale. That's where you should go. And also check out our merchandise at gumroad.com slash Bacon Sale. You can also find the links on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time.
1: Hi-ho Bacon Sale! Away! Love going to the Gap. but Old Navy is probably my favorite. In the words of of Tony the Tiger, they're great. Uh Aw. So it's basically
2: Downton Abbey with guns. It's in the title. And Jason Robards, which I like Jason Robards. I like him. Mm. Um. But I felt more emotion in that parody sketch with with Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. But it's torture. Dude. It's not torture. It's just it's uncomfortable. Come on, partner. Why don't you do your John Wayne impersonation?
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll practice.
2: On that. that was good,
1: Jacob. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Jake, you can't shrug on the podcast. <laughs>
2: Dude, dude, dude. Jake, you can't dude, scoff dude, dude, on dude. a podcast.
1: Wild I'm going west. straight Is to it? the wild, wild west. Talent crush, talent crush.
0: Joel, call what you want. Hoo-ah! I can't, I can't kill anybody anymore. The rest in peace. Too soon. I'm not
1: laughing when you <laughs> give me the no look. It's gonna give you a spoilers, Kent. Oh
0: hey, Pilgrim. Psyche! <laughs> Psyche! <laughs> Kent Twist! Kent's level for Dark is <laughs> way the crap darker than The Searcher's. It's, he Hold eats on. popcorn while watching Game of Thrones.
2: Who are you to judge us? Devil! Always oh, the Devil. Just the Devils and Jacob. The Devil's here devil inside. Batman Devil's devil's here. Every Every single single Jacob has devil inside. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Every single Jacob? (laughs) There's some nice Jacobs out there, I'm sure. Name two. Marley!